Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Burt Show. You know we don't talk about enough, or maybe even ever at all on this show. What? Have we ever talked to anybody, any listener, that is completely, totally happy and satisfied being single? Yes. We have? I think a long time ago. I don't recall who this unicorn is. Mm -hmm. But um, I was talking to somebody the other day that is in a relationship and is really nervous to get out of it, right? And we were trying to get like down to the bottom line of why why are you so scared to take off? And... I think most people are scared because they fear that they're going to be lonely, how they're going to fill the time, right? So, and we talk about breaking up on this show so much that I was curious if we could get a call or two from somebody going, you know what? I've been single my entire life or I've dabbled in relationships. And to be honest with you, there's nothing to fear. I am way happier alone than I am in a relationship. one 855 Yeah, and this was like forever ago and... I may be misremembering or just conjuring up something in my head. Who knows? Um, But she was a woman and she was older and she was perfectly content and happy being single and had no desire to be in a relationship whatsoever. One of my best friends, Amy. We all know Amy, Mm -hmm. my business manager, best friend. She's like a sister to me. Uh, Been single most of her life and is just so incredibly happy being single. And I think most people can't even really embrace that thought that they're you have to go through life with somebody. You're going to grow old, right? Mm-hmm. No. I, I feel like I was like that for a while. I have a friend that's like that, too. But I've I've said before that, I mean, I've been happy in relationships. But if I'm being honest with myself, I was definitely the happier times of my life were when I was single, mm-hmm. for sure. Really? Yeah. I'm getting to the point where the thought of being in a relationship is so foreign to me that I don't even <laughs> really miss having somebody around. To me, I think the people that struggle with being single are the people who have never experienced it really in their adult life. Like the people who got in their first relationship at 16 and then broke up and then didn't uh, didn't have a good time with that adjustment period. Because I do think that's the hard part um, about it is like when you go from having someone to not having someone, you feel that loss. But when you go a long enough time without it, you realize you're much more capable than you think that you are. Good morning, Bert Show. Who is this? Nicole. Hey, Nicole. All right. You've been single your whole life or recently, but you definitely endorse the single life. Recently. It's been two years now. I had a traumatic accident happen two years, and the guy I was talking to said that the accident wouldn't change anything, and he ended up ghosting me two weeks later. So (laughs) I've been single since then, and honestly, it's been the most life-changing thing. I've never been happier. Is that right? Good for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you. What is it that you enjoy most about being single? Um, I think mostly just, I don't really have to, not necessarily answer to anybody, but I can just kind of do what I want to at my own pace. I don't really have to be anywhere at a certain time, not rushed places. Just, it's very easygoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that fear of just being alone, uh, I think for most keep them in those relationships though, because they don't have that experience of mm-hmm. like being able to pivot. You don't have to like debate with anybody. But just the thought of being lonely is so scary to people that they'll stay in that relationship. What's on the other side of fear? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> hey, Allison, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hi. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I um, am 35 and have been single pretty much my entire life. I've dabbled here and there, and it's just headache after <laughs> headache. <laughs> um, and have honestly really just recently found comfort and being okay by myself. Um, it was kind of a revelation within the last two years. And I've, I'm, I'm complete, I feel. I feel very happy and fulfilled. As you should. And do you ever find yourself, though, around your friends? And do they try to convince you otherwise? 
No, I've always had really great friends who actually just never even really found their person until after college. Like no one who like found love young or anything like that. And they are, sometimes they look at me and they're like, wow, you live like a nice life because they have kids now and everything. (laughs) 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 Like the cool aunt. And I also take care of my mom. She had a huge stroke during COVID. And so I feel like my hands are full in a way, but Mm -hmm. I found purpose in giving back to my mom, giving back to my family and being okay with that. Yeah, Kristen raises a really interesting angle because there's so much pressure because people assume that you can't possibly know full happiness if you're not with somebody. So people are constantly trying to set you up when you may not even want it. Most like living that life. Uh, So annoying. (laughs) Lived it for quite some time. Amber, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You are so happy being single. It is possible to be happy and single. So I'm actually calling um, for my mom. So my mom is actually 53, and she has been single most of my life, and she is perfectly content. She's been married twice. Um, Her second marriage did not turn out great. Um, It was actually very traumatic. So she has been single the rest of my entire life. And she is actually fixing the clothes on her first house. Good for her. So she, she is perfectly content. Love Excellent. It. Thank she you. She never wants to be married or with anybody else ever again. I bet. She's just tired. Tired, <laughs> tired, tired. So it is possible. The Burt Show. All right, switching gears here now to kids. Of course, if you're a parent, number one priority, keeping them healthy physically and mentally. Yeah, so we're uh, going from being single to being married with children. I kid you not Googled. How do I not screw up my kid? <laughs> and I think... Um, <laughs> what came up? So I'm, I'm going to tell you what popped up. Okay. And I read the article and it really resonated. I'm like, damn, this is a good article. I feel like I should share this. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sitting there and, and I Google, how do I not screw up my kid? And people will say the sheer fact that you're Googling that proves that you care. So you're probably not going to screw them up that much. We're going to, every parent's going to screw up their kid a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you care to even Google that says, speaks volumes. And this article on CNBC popped up and the, t- the, um, the title of the article says, a therapist shares the seven biggest parenting mistakes that destroy kids' mental strength, right? Oh, God. So it's a loaded headline, and it comes from a doctor, Dr. Tracy Hutchinson. She's a therapist with over 18 years of clinical experience. And I start reading through this article, and I was like, okay. And I get to the next one, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's a good one. And I keep going, like, ooh. So I want to go- How many of the seven did you say that you were guilty of? Well, one, two, three- Four. These are the ones that make you a good or bad. They're mistakes. They're mistakes. So four of the seven. Well, no, I, I hadn't got. Oh, I hadn't got. I'm still it. going through. I wasn't <laughs> finished yet. <laughs> I think, but not like Jimmy's still young enough. He's two and a half. And yeah, I've made these. I don't do them consistently. It's not like I do them every day, but I have committed. We'll call some of these some parenting sins, right? Okay. All right. So. She, Tracy goes to say, we live in an increasingly stressful world, which is why it has never been more important to foster emotional and mental resiliency in our children. Not only are mentally strong kids better prepared to tackle future problems on their own, but studies have found that they're also more likely to be engaged in school and in their future jobs. So here we go. Number one, minimizing your kids' feelings. Kids need to know that it's healthy to express and talk about their emotions. When parents tell their kids things as, don't be sad about it, or it's not a big deal, they're sending the message that feelings don't Mm -hmm. matter and it's better to suppress them. Now, I have an example in my head because Jimmy, I don't know where he learned this, but he, something, he goes, that's so scary. That scared me. That's so scary. And I'm like, it's not scary. That's not scary. And then I caught myself and I was like, no, if he's feeling the emotion of being Mm -hmm. scared, I need to validate that and be like, so what made you feel scared? Right. And then what do you think we can do to make you feel less scared? Those are the things you need to, even at a young age, right? I couldn't even not like food as a kid. If I didn't like it, it was like, then you ain't hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so this goal is to help them practice brainstorming solutions until they find something that works with these emotions that they're feeling, right? Um, and Bart did a great job of this the other day. Um, Jimmy didn't want to eat in the, in the kitchen, in the dining room. He wanted to eat on the couch and we're trying to break this habit. And he was just having a meltdown and laying on the ground. And instead of like, we're like, I get it. This is really hard to understand. I know you're confused. And this is like, this is difficult for you. And then we just sat there and we waited. 
And then we put a tablet at the dining room table and we watched and we ate the dining room table. But anyway. Hey, by any means necessary. All right. The next one, always saving them from failure. Mm. As parents, it's hard to watch our children struggle through challenges that we know we can easily fix for them. But think of this this way. If your kid is doing poorly in school, you know that telling them the homework answers will only backfire because you can't be in the classroom when they have to complete those tests on their own. Failure is a big part of success. If kids are never given the chance to learn the lessons that come with failure, they'll never develop the perseverance they need to rise back up after a setback. This was the biggest conflict that me and my ex-wife used to have when it came to parenting the kids. I mean, small instance the other day, Jimmy and I were in his room as I was putting his clothes away and he was playing with something and he couldn't figure it out. And he's, I, he's really good at asking for help, which I think is important. He's like, help mama, help. And I'm like, you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. You got this. And I waited for him to take just a little more time and he figured it out. All right. The next one, overindulging your kids. Kids love stuff and parents love giving it to them. (laughs) But research shows that when you give your kids whatever they desire, they miss out on skills related to mental strength, such as self-discipline. You want your kids to grow up knowing that it's possible to achieve what they want if they work for it. Parents can teach their kids self-control by setting clear rules for things like finishing homework before screen time or doing chores to boost allowance so they can buy things on their own while knowing they earned it. Guilty, guilty, guilty. (laughs) Um, expecting perfection. It's natural to want your child to aim for big, big goals and be the best at everything, but that's not how things work. Setting the bar too high leads, uh, setting the bar too high can lead to self-esteem and confidence issues later in life. Build mental strength in your kids by making sure expectations are realistic. Now, this is another one that I, that I struggle with, especially as a mom, and it goes in hand with the failure one making sure they always feel comfortable. There are many things that might make your kid feel uncomfortable, especially when it involves doing something new, trying new foods, making new friends, playing a new sport. But just like failure, embracing uncomfortable moments can boost mental strength. Encouraging your kids to try new things, help them get started because that's the hardest part. But once they take that first step, they might realize that it isn't as difficult as they thought it'd be and that they might even be good at it. What was that uh, quote that we always say from Sarah Blakely when she was in here, the owner, former owner of Spanx? The current owner. Or did uh, she sell it? I thought she sold it. Either way, she's a billionaire, so you got to listen to it. <laughs> she did <she> not. <laughs> yeah. So she said that when she sat down at the table, her dad didn't really ask her about her successes that day. They were asking about the failures because they wanted to make sure that the kids were embracing failure and getting past it. Next is not setting parent-child boundaries. You want your kids to make their own decisions, but they also need to know you're the boss. Kids who are mentally strong have parents who understand the importance of boundaries and consistency. Caving in and allowing rules to be negotiated too often can lead to power struggles between you and your child. And then lastly, not taking care of yourself. The older we get, the harder it becomes to maintain healthy habits. Eating healthy, exercising daily, taking time to restore... That's why it's important to model self-care habits for your kids. It's also critical to practice healthy coping skills in front of your children. For example, if you're stressed about work, consider telling your child, I had a very tiring day at work and I'm going to relax with tea and a book. Amen. Okay. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Pink is speaking out in response to the claims that people thought that she was flying an Israeli flag at one of her concerts on her Trust Fall tour. So if you haven't seen Pink live in concert, it is so much more than just a concert. I mean, she's got aerial silks and she's doing acrobatics and she's got all these different, you know, banners and flags flying around. And I guess some people thought that she was specifically endorsing um Israel by flying Israeli flags, but that she says that's not the case. She posted on her Instagram. She said, this post will be controversial for some at at this point. Breathing is controversial. I'm getting many threats because people mistakenly believe I'm flying Israeli flags in my show. I am not. I've been using Poi flags since the beginning of this tour. These were used many, many years ago by the Maori people in New Zealand and And because they and the Maori people are beautiful to me, we use them. So no controversy here. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uneducated people that would like to talk about things um, that they're not educated about mm-hmm. and then form an opinion based on nothing except the very small part of what you see in the media without doing any research themselves. It's the jumping to conclusions that I think has gone to a next level. Exactly. Okay, on a much lighter note, Shania Twain was on the Drew Barrymore show and they got to talking about dating because Drew has admitted that she has been in a seven-year-long dry spell. Oof. She's like, I've been out of the game for a hot second. So she and Shania had this really cute moment where they're like sitting on the couch and you know how Drew is when she's on those shows. She like holds their hands and stares into their soul and she goes she does get eerily close it's a little i i appreciate the sentiment but i think if i if i was ever on a guest i'd be like okay you can you can step back just a little bit we're not we just met you (laughs) she's been roasted online like they've done so many memes and gifs of her like getting uncomfortably close to like where their eyeballs are touching like that's how close she gets to her guests because she wants that intimate like she needs that attachment and that connection Mm -hmm. yeah but whatever she's doing it's working because these celebs really do have these close heart to hearts with her and so on the show um her and shania are having this moment and she says what advice would you give me as somebody who has been out of the game for seven years what would you tell me to do if I want to get back and she said the number one thing you want to do is have as many people reject you as possible (laughs) I would love to see you put this list together for tomorrow morning this is what you 100% want and do not want Oh, my ick list. Like the things that I know will give men the ick yep. other than everything about me. But that just but, but just spe- uh, specifying it. Yeah, it, no, it's it's like it's it's your preference list. And out the gate, be like, I need this. I don't need this. I want this. I don't want this. And if you can't provide that, then bye. I mean, dating is so much time and time is so mm-hmm. valuable. You go on dates, learn about each other. In the first 10 minutes, you realize this isn't going to work. Then you're stuck for an hour. But so <laughs> just having like that list of before you even go out on the date, if this is acceptable or not, would be fantastic. I love this idea because the advice that I constantly get from, you know, parents and just anybody in my DMs are like, be as open as possible. Say yes to as many people as possible. But I think Shania's advice is so smart because you're not going to be compatible with 95% of the population. You're looking for that 5%. So now they were talking about relationships. Drew says that she's in a seven year dry, like that's relationship. That's not sex she's talking about, right? Well, she did say in that interview that she's not a very sexual person. She's just kind of looking for like Netflix and, and, you know, dates and yeah. She said that in in another previously. She has. She has not. So she has not. Well, she has said that she has not engaged in activity for a very, very, very long time. Okay. I was just going to ask the question because there are some dudes that have the theory that, look, I got needs. So I'm just going to lower the bar and lower the bar and lower the bar just so I can get out of my slump. Do women do that? I think it depends on the woman. Like, I think some women have a higher drive than others. And I think some women are really just chill to just vibe. And I think Drew fits in the vibe category where it's not something that she needs. Yeah, some, sometimes you just need a, a dude that's low on the scale to knock the dust off. Right. Like, there's that's not a I lot asking. of pressure or anything like that. <laughs> that's what I'm asking for. So women do this as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. It's one of the most common things celebs do. And she says she regrets taking part. I'll tell you about Courtney Cox's confession on your next Eva's on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Our second wedding is supposed to be more low-key than if the, the two of you guys have been married to other people before, divorced. Here you are in your second marriage. Is it supposed to be more low-key? I mean, maybe by society standards, technically, yes, it should be more low-key. But depending on how the first wedding and the first marriage went, sometimes you want to go bigger and better the second time around because you felt like you got screwed the first time. I think I would feel the opposite. Like, I would feel like if I actually do want to get married a second time, then I would want it to be bigger than my first one was because obviously I'm into the person enough to want to do it again. So, yeah, I would want to do it bigger. Mm. I'd want to do it smaller. I think when it comes to weddings, it's sometimes something people think that they have to do or that they want to do just to experience it. But once they've done it, once they've spent the... Massive amount of money that it costs to put on a wedding. I kind of feel like they're like, oh, why don't we just go to the courthouse? I don't know if it's my age now or it's this show that has discussed so many bad experiences and relationship fails when it comes to wedding. And we're constantly talking about the budget now for weddings, too. 
it just it feels like a damn racket to me, man. It is a racket, it but is. man, it could be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'd go smaller also. Yeah. Um, so in this email, <clears throat> he's wondering like, okay, what is the perception here? And can he even bring this up to his fiance? Bircho, please help me convince my fiance that we don't need a big wedding and we need to tone down the wedding planning. I know, I know it's impossible. It's an impossible ask. But she listens to your show, and I'm hoping you can talk some sense into her. Okay. So we're going to talk some sense into her by taking your opinion. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yep. This is going to be the second wedding for both of us. We both got married young, and both our parents, through lavish ceremonies and receptions, my marriage was over in two years, hers in three. Now, here we are, older, wiser. She's my one, and I really don't feel the need to have this huge blowout. All I need is her. Aww. Come on, Mo. Aww. <laughs> You're like, you just trying to save a buck. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. It truly seems like a massive waste of money, and we've been there, done that. I'd love to elope to the mountains with just her and a few family members. She is on the completely other side of the spectrum. She wants to celebrate finding her true love in as big a way as she did before. When I tried convincing her otherwise, she accused me of not being fully invested in our future marriage. Wow. <laughs> That's a reach. <laughs> uh, and that I am worried what happened before will happen again, and I should have more faith in us. Dude, that's not it, he writes. I firmly believe we will go the distance. All the pomp and circumstance of a huge second wedding seems unnecessary. Is there anything I can say or do to convince her of that? Or am I going to have to suck it up and do another big bash? Thanks, Matthew. Ooh. To me, this comes down to money because big weddings are so expensive that really you got to take a look at the finances first. And here's the thing, like if this is if you just have, you know, 10K lying around to do some wedding and it's going to make her happy. Okay, maybe go for it. But at the same time, like, gosh, I mean, it's a lot of money just to do it for a second time just because you want to. Okay, I feel like I have a compromise here. Okay, Somewhat of a compromise. Call me crazy if this sounds stupid but I've had stupider ideas. What if you potentially do both, all right? So you can't agree on to go big or go small. What if you give him what he wants first and you go do a small elopement in the mountains somewhere? And then afterwards, if that does not suffice her enough, if that does not fulfill her her wishes, then after that, you can plan a big, lavish reception for everybody. Well, then can you do it the other way around? Also, I'm just thinking for her. Okay, well, why don't we just do the big one first? Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't satisfy your needs, then we can go do a small one. Because you go you go small to big, not big to small. <laughs> Otherwise, you get hurt. <laughs> me, I would see right through this. Like if my guy came to me and said, well, why don't we just do a small wedding first? I'd be like, okay, you're just doing this to shut me up. And we're never doing this big wedding. I don't think as much he can do, honestly. I mean, I think he makes valid points. The logic is there. I get it. I get why you wouldn't want to do it again big. But if she is convinced that it means something to her to want to do it big because she found her true love and the first time you did it big and it didn't work out, I don't think you can convince her differently. Mm-hmm. But where's the compromise here? Because that's not fair. Like, but, he gets screwed. It's like, I know one of them ends up getting screwed, but I I hate that he's the one that just has to bend over and take it. Oh, okay. That sounds like an Hello. interesting wow. wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, initially, I wanted to say, look, if it's that important to her, then do what she wants. I mean, if she wants it so much more than you're against it, then just go ahead and suck it up for the day. But... If it's that important to him, right. shouldn't she also suck it up and give it to him? Yep. Yep. Sorry. Marriage. I had caffeine today. Right. I deeply apologize. <laughs> okay, Kristen. And, and we got 10 minutes till Dark Abbey uh, enters the studio. Also. So the sun make, is about to set. May our forces combine. <laughs> hey, Mary, good morning. You're part of the Bird Show. Hi. Hey, good morning, y'all. Good morning. So my mom actually got remarried um, after being divorced for, I think, like, 15 years. And when they got remarried, um, she asked us, I have six siblings, and she was like, hey, do y'all want to do a wedding or not? <laughs> and we said, you know, whatever y'all want to do. So they went and eloped to the mountains, had a lovely time, got a cute little cabin, did the whole thing. 
And then when they got home, we did a party, like with friends and family in the backyard, I think. And it was, I don't know, really nice. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, you won't be able to convince her otherwise. This is what she wants in her head, so it's going to be... This big wedding or not, you can throw all the facts and all the experiences at her. She don't care. Nope, not <laughs> even a little bit. She don't care about all that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, the Bird Show. All right, Abby, should people be required to do certain things before they bring kids into the world? Like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's required to have a dog first? No, well, it's not that that um that layered out. So I got into a debate over the weekend with somebody who wants kids, and I thought it was very interesting to note the differences between what I if I was going to have kids, what I think I would have to do in order to bring a child into the world versus somebody who was like ready, like would do it tomorrow if they, they if they could have a kid. So for context, I'm 26, not really planning to have kids. And naturally, as somebody who does not want kids, I love putting my opinions about parenthood into the world. And um, I, I, I was talking to my mom the other day about one of my younger family friends um, who just graduated from college in May. And her senior year of college, they got got engaged. They planned the wedding, got hitched over the summer. And I was talking to her about it. And she was like, oh yeah, they are ready to have kids like tomorrow. Like they're planning to have them as as soon as possible. So they're in their early twenties. They're in their early twenties. So I think they're like 22, 23. Um, and from what I can tell on their social media, you know, they live in a, a small one bedroom apartment. They're both in their entry level jobs. And in my mind, I'm like in a perfect world. If you were going to plan out when to have kids What's the rush? To me, this seems like the worst, not circ, there, trust me, there are worse circumstances. I'm not trying to say this is like worst case scenario, (laughs) but if you were going to plan out your life for the, for an optimal time to bring kids into the world, why would you do it under such turbulent circumstances? And so I was telling a friend about this and she was like, why did, no, this is totally fine. Like people raise kids in all kinds of circumstances completely agree. But in my mind, I couldn't imagine planning for when my life was going to be the most unstable, bringing a child into the world. Like if you do have, like some people do have control over, some people don't have control over over circumstances. This conversation is not for you. Those that do, like your friend who just got married, they could wait till they're a little more established in in their careers. They can wait till they get a two bedroom apartment or condo or house or whatever. And then maybe then would be a little quote unquote easier, even though it's not easy no matter where you live or what you do to have kids. There's but never a good time. There is never a good There's time. There's never a good time. And well, you're never really ready. But that's my exact point. Like you're never going to be ready, but having a child to me is one of the hardest things you could do in this life. Mm-hmm. So why, if you could choose to, to do it when it's a little easier, when you have a little bit more financial resources, when you have a little bit more space in your house, um, why would you not wait for that? And um, my friend was basically saying, you know, the only thing that matters is two parents who are willing to put in the work and love that child. Mm-hmm. True. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment. However, I just do not think that the reality <laughs> is uh, is that easy. So I wanted to come to the parents who, you know, who have actually brought children into the world. And if you could, if there was any kind of checklist that you could make for optimal circumstances, again, this is not for, you know, optimal circumstances for people for if you have a choice what would you do oh, I would have done it younger that's for sure it, and it's been my experience with guys it's pretty common that they all want like a financial nest egg right um, that's like priority number one for most dudes a lot of times that, that doesn't happen but that's what they would desire or age hey, yeah I mean Obviously, that was a little out of our hands because we had fertility struggles. So I didn't expect to have, you know, a kid when I was in my 40s. Um, Late 30s is what I was gunning for. But even then, like looking back now, um, I'm freaking tired. (laughs) (laughs) Like having kids is a young man's game. You need that energy. So you kind of have to balance out like 
it's, I said this yesterday, it's like choosing your hard, right? Mm -hmm. So do you want to be young with, you know, less resources or do you want to be old with more recess resources, but more exhausted and your body is, you know, creaking and cracking every time you wake up in the morning? I was going to say younger too. Yeah. That was, that would be the big thing. Um, And for me, it would be, when am I around my village? Like, am I near parents or family who can help out? Or am I in a place to hire that stuff? And Kristen's right. You choose your heart. You have to take it into account. Do you have more research sources? You, or you're probably older. You can hire people, but you're going to be sleep deprived and it's going to be tough. If you're younger, it might be a little bit easier, but you're not going to have as much resources. Do you have people you can lean on? And that's why I think coming up with a checklist, I love the idea. But I think in reality, there are just too many factors and people are so different that it's because who knows if I had a kid in my early 20s, I might have been like, I wish I got those extra party years. I wish I didn't have a kid until my late 30s. And then I could have really explored a career more and not to say you can't. But you know what I mean? Like, I think the grass is always going to be greener Mm -hmm. on the other side. No, dude. Grass is brown everywhere. (laughs) Grass is dead. Grass is dead everywhere. And you know why? It's because your kids have trampled it. Stomped all over it. And that's why your yard looks like crap. Hey, Jessica. Good morning. And that is the message, Kristen. I am. I've been married almost 20 years. Me and my husband, we, we, we had all the ways of bringing up kids. We had little money, no money, all the money. We got the house. One is in college, but there is nothing that will ever, ever, ever prepare you for the emotional drain and time suck that raising children will be. You have all this world, all of it. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> She's not even being negative. She's just being real. <laughs> I'm so, there's never going to be a good time. Yeah. Okay. Never. Hey. The Bird Show at Pride Weekend and Pride Parade um, this last Sunday. And we put a little competition together for some of the women on The Bird Show. Oh, we did not. Katie did. Katie um, started this competition. You want to explain exactly what was on the line and how we were counting who was going to be the winner and loser here? Yes. So I just decided, you know, what's wrong with a little friendly competition between the gays on the show? (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to challenge uh, the the ladies what we could do for Pride and if we could land a date and who would be the best gay, basically, right? (laughs) Two lesbians and a bisexual go to a Pride parade. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So you guys are vying for best gay status. Yes, and then Kristen created a point system of things that we needed to accomplish and what points we would rank up by doing. So what I thought we could do is to see who comes out as the victorious gay. The best gay. um, Is to go through the point system and have you all respond to whether or not you achieved said point. And if you did, you're going to have to elaborate that on that, okay? Okay, let's get our phone screener and producer Amber on here also. Hey, Amber. Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you for joining. We are, are, we're going to start going down the score sheet to see who the best gay is. All right. <laughs> Katie, oh. did you get a kiss? No. <gasps> okay. Missed that on a point. Rebecca. Amber, did you get a kiss? No. Rebecca, did you get a kiss? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I feel like this should be handicapped, though, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should be handicapped. Wait, because it's all she about equality twice, here. She had twice the amount of, of people to succeed on a kiss with than Katie and Amber did because no. she's bisexual. Because the male attendees at Pride were probably overwhelmingly gay. Mm, which means they would not be interested in Rebecca. So Okay. okay. All right. Amber. Well, can we ask for details on oh, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So I, it, it was a girl. So I feel like it, it really counts. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm afraid if I tell you the story, it's going to kind of like take my point away. But I have a friend who's kind of just like in the scene. Like we really just see each other like at drag shows and at the club. And every time we see each other, we give each other the kind of like the little French double kiss. And I was like, mm. well, what if I just smack one on her instead? So I did. Uh-huh. I just gave her a kiss. Was she shocked? Uh, she laughed. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Doesn't matter. Oh, no. Doesn't matter. Oh, no. Point's a point. Uh, from a friend? Oh, no. Oh, I mean, that could lead to something. She's really cute. Okay. Like, 
Look, Katie's Katie's not feeling it. I don't know about that. She laughed. It was lip on lip action. That is a kiss. Okay, that is one point. All right. All right. Here she we go. got thrown up afterwards. She still gets the point. All right. There's still points up for grabs. All right. Amber, did anyone buy you a drink? Actually, yes. Okay. All right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> okay. Not our sponsor. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't the sponsor. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, it wasn't the free glass of wine you got at the Cupcake Vineyards booth, is it? All right, details. No, no, it, it was brown. It was brown. So we were going up to, this is after the parade, we're headed to Piedmont Park or whatever, and we're all headed to the Cupcake booth. On the way there, I ran into a buddy of mine that I haven't seen in a while who introduced me to a friend of theirs who I thought, ooh, they're kind of cute. What's, what's their story? So that friend ended up buying me, I don't know if you guys saw that, that lady was selling all those Hennessy drinks on the street. Yeah, I did not see that. I did, man. She had a little bit of everything. She was like, tequila, Hennessy, fentanyl, I got it all. (laughs) (laughs) In repurposed Gatorade bottles. I did see it. Yeah, Yeah. I missed that. I did. I couldn't couldn't afford the fentanyl, so I went ahead and got (laughs) that. All right. And so uh, she bought me the the Hennessy, so boom. Okay. All right. 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 Katie, did you get a a drink bought for you? I surely did. Oh, Oh, did so it was also after the parade in the park and um i was leaving with mo and he had stopped to go potty right and so a woman i was in line about to already get a drink but a woman approached me and she yeah. looked at me and she gave me these eyes yeah. like she was looking me up and down she's like are you a lesbian <laughs> and i was like that's a weird question yes she's like let me get you a drink girl yeah. rebecca did you get a drink purchase for you no. Okay. Oh. All right. We are now tied up. One up. Right. Yes. All the gays Everybody's- are tied. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Katie, were you able to secure any digits or did anybody get your digits? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Two points. All right. Who did? Right. Who did? That's two points. All right. It was the same lady who bought me a drink. Okay. 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 All right. Amber, were you able to secure digits or did you give anybody your digits? No. Okay. <laughs> Rebecca, same question. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Who that? Um, it was the same girl I kissed. I just realized we didn't have each other's number. So, <laughs> okay. so I was like, all because they're clearly not so good of friends that they had each other's numbers. They, if you only see them out and you're like an acquaintance at drag shows. I think that counts. All right. It should Thank be you. one point. It shouldn't yeah. be two. We'll, we'll give you the benefit of the gay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. The Ben Gay. All right. Next one. I think we're going to know the answer to this one because two people already said they didn't get a kiss. Katie, did you get a makeout session? Nah. Rebecca, did you get a makeout session? Yes. Wow. Wow. Same girl? No, a uh, different person. Oh, Actually, okay. uh, oh. something. I don't really know. Really? What, what they were. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You don't, you're not fully sure how they identify? Yes, I'm, I'm not actually totally sure. Is that, oh, is that a legitimate question on Pride Weekend? Because Katie got asked, are you a lesbian? Are you allowed to say, what are you? Oh, absolutely. You can, I mean, I wouldn't say, what are you? It would be like, what are your pronouns, probably? But I just, yeah, I, I really did, didn't ask, honestly. Should she get another point for Kiss, too? Uh, she made out she, with another. No, she got no. into two different categories. Yeah. So I was at a um, drag show the night before Pride, and I knew that was the day I was going to get all my points in. <laughs> and one thing you need to know is drag queens are super late, so you can mingle with the crowd like as much as you want. And I was having a couple drinks, and there was a uh, person standing next to me, and we just kind of started a conversation. And, okay, I'm going to tell you, my pickup line that I use that always gets me oh, a make out. Oh, it wasn't what are you? <laughs> no, that wasn't the pickup. That one didn't work. Um, I read palms. I read palms. Shut up. Get a little touchy touchy. It's worked mm-hmm. three out of three times that I've ever used it. Really? So you grab their hand and you start reading their palm. This yes. Is, this is really brilliant because now you got physical touch. Uh-huh. Okay. So as soon as they say anything about horoscope, because all these hoes love horoscopes. <laughs> 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 Ain't it the truth? I say, oh, 
I can read palms. Can I read your palm? And you get all real close and you put your thumb right in the center and you tell them about their lifeline and their money line. And then you just ask, do you want to know about your love line? Uh huh. And then it just happens. Ah! Oh, oh, no. You had that kind of game. That's my one trick, honestly. And I don't think I can ever do it again. I think that was it for me. Good for you. Now, do you even know, like, honestly, the lifeline from the money line from any of those lines? Um, I, I think I've gotten them mixed up a couple of times, honestly, when I've done it. <laughs> It's a pickup line. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. it. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, um, Amber, did you get a makeout sesh with anybody? Absolutely not. <laughs> all right. So, the current score Amber has a point, Katie has three points, Rebecca has five. Okay. Whoa, okay. So far, the runaway game. Here, <laughs> we still have 25 points up for grabs. All right. All right. Amber, were you able to secure a date with anybody? Man, this game is making me sad. No. No. Bad gay. Katie, were you able to uh, secure a date for five points? Amber, you're not alone. I couldn't do it either. Bad gay. God. (laughs) Rebecca, were you able to secure a date for five points? I swear to God. No. No. All right. Our last category worth 20 points, and that is a hookup. Katie. Which I guess could happen without a kiss and making out. Okay. Did you hook up with anybody? Nah. Amber, did you hook up with anybody? Does a dream count? No. 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 Rebecca, did you hook up with anybody? No. Okay. Um, but Rebecca wins. Oh, right. She's the greatest gang of all time. The Bird Show. You've probably experienced this. You know, you're scrolling on social media and then all of a sudden some news outlet posts a photo of one of your favorite celebrities and they look way different. Sometimes it's plastic surgery, but I think because nowadays fillers are so accessible and a little bit less scary than plastic surgery, I think that's one of the first things people start going to mm-hmm. when they start to look, look a little bit different as they get older. So Courtney Cox was on the Gloss Angeles podcast and she was talking about the pressures uh, to stay looking young and to stay looking the same in the entertainment industry. And she calls getting facial fillers her biggest beauty regret. Thinking I was getting older when I was really young, that's just a bummer, a waste of time. It's a domino effect. It's like you don't realize that you look a little off, so then you keep doing more because you look normal to yourself, and you look in the mirror and go, oh, oh, that looks good. You think, and you don't realize what it looks like to the outside person, and just doing too many fillers and then having to have them removed, which, thank God, they are removable, but I think I've messed, I messed up a lot, and now, luckily, I can, you know, I was able to reverse most of that, and now I'm actually... Older. Well, you got two things going on there. Um, first of all, there's so much pressure in Hollywood to look young, especially for women, right? Mm-hmm. That they're forced into uh, trying to look as young as they can. Plus, it's L.A. where everybody looks freaky. So everybody has so many fillers. And anywhere else in the in the country, you're like, wow, that really looks odd. But when you're around other odd people that are doing the same operations, it's just normal. <laughs> yeah, I remember, Courtney, like she just, it's it's one thing to look refreshed. It's another thing to look like a completely different person. Yeah. And like she com- like right. she completely changed her face. She just looked like a different person. Yeah. And I think Kristen Davis said the same thing yeah. because I think a lot of people had the same reaction when they were watching her on and just like that. And so I think we're going to kind of see the pendulum swing in a different do- way where people are going to be more natural and remember what real faces look like so they don't try to, you know, pump themselves into looking completely, completely different. That's why it was so refreshing for Pamela Anderson to yeah. attend uh, the... Paris Fashion Week sans makeup. Like, I mean, rocking a completely just blank canvas. And it was like, I can feel good about going to work wearing no makeup. (laughs) Okay, Sophia Bush is spending time with soccer star Ashlyn Harris amidst amidst her divorce and also Ashlyn's divorce. And I would like to call in my bi-correspondent Rebecca in here (laughs) to help comment on this because Rebecca is a bisexual woman and is great for commentary on this. But Sophia Bush recently separated from her husband Grant after 13 years uh, or 13 months of marriage. And now she's been 
spending time with Ashlyn Harris, who is also going through a divorce with her wife. And, um, you know, they're coming out and saying there's no salacious story here. There was no cheating. But I saw this and it reminded me of a Reddit thread I'd seen a while back where people were discussing later in life lesbians or later in life coming out as bi or getting bi curious later in life. Um, And so because I think the, the misconception is you see a story like this where Sophia has only been publicly linked to men, it kind of raises the flag of, well, are you only dating women now because you're, you've been hurt by men? And so Rebecca is here to bring some clarity <laughs> I to that. love how Abby is the news anchor throwing it to the bi correspondent <laughs> like an anchor would throw it to a correspondent in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> the wind all around her. I'm right here across the studio surrounded by other gay people. <laughs> now, Rebecca, at the end of this, you know you have to toss it back to Abby. Right, right. Okay. The, the straight correspondent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, there's kind of something in the water, I think, because this is like not even a Hollywood thing. I know multiple women who have just considered themselves straight forever. They dump their boyfriend, their long-term boyfriend, and they start dating a woman who becomes basically their life partner. It is kind of interesting that people immediately kind of want to force them into a label, though. I think that's so just like, it's not important. They're probably bisexual if you really want to get down to like the nitty gritty. But just I think most women now feel like they have the freedom to have fun, date a woman if they want, not feel like they have to really label themselves anymore. Men, women. Men, men pushed women into this. <laughs> so weren't enough quality ones, and women are just like screw it. It's a joke Chesley Handler has in one of her sets. Is, is that it? like all of her friends now are all of a sudden lesbians because they hate men so much? <laughs> <laughs> Sound about right. Well, I think it's just like a way for people to make sense of it. Like, oh, if you're dating somebody who is a woman, you're clearly either bisexual or um, or maybe a later in life lesbian. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to hear you say that. Like, maybe they're just testing the waters to hear or to see if it's it's for if it's for them. Oh yeah, for sure. I. I think more people should probably just get out there and test the waters. We're all just on the boat of sexual pleasure and we should just be our own captains. Wow, <laughs> if the folks are rocking, don't come and knock <laughs> I wonder too if uh, as growing up as a, a millennial and I see these stories about millennials and Gen Xers and boomers who are doing this, there was kind of there was a stigma growing up. Mm-hmm. Like luckily I think we're past a lot of that, but I, not to minimize what the gay community has to go through, but I think it's more acceptable in the mainstream. So I wonder if this is speculation, but people like Sophia Bush, they did the marriage thing, they dated dudes and now they're like, well, you know what? I've maybe always been a little attracted to women. Mm-hmm. I just never felt like I was allowed to explore that before, and now that my marriage has ended, why not? You want to throw it back to Abby in the studio? All right. Back to the straight Swifty correspondent. No, you're no she's the anchor. You're supposed wow. to say back to you in the studio, Abby. Oh, back to you in the straight studio, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Stay classy, San Diego. Uh, for more stories, visit thebirdshow.com. Clicky buzz. The Bird Show. Let me ask you this question, Abby. When you go home today and then tonight, and it is dinner time, what do you make for yourself? Mm. On a regular night? Well, I try to meal prep, so I made fajitas the other night, so I'll probably have fajitas. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good a cook are you, do you think? (laughs) Pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I've given myself food poisoning one too many times. (laughs) So for you, it's just survive in advance. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Cassie, for you, you cook tonight? Yeah, I cook every night. Yeah. Um, I would say on a scale of one, if 10 is professional chef, I would put myself at an eight. Really? I'm, oh, a, good, wow. I'm a good cook and I do pretty complex recipes. Damn. Mom, yeah. how about you? Uh, I'm all over the place. I eat a lot of fish, shrimp, chicken, rice, things like that. But I would say I'm a six. A six. Okay. I think I'm a seven. Seven. Yeah, when it comes to cooking. And like my husband is, he does all the grocery shopping and does a lot of the cooking now. Um and it, it just varies. And we're all like, we we need to get into it by the rhythm of eating as a family because we don't do that. Mm. Jimmy eats one thing. My husband eats another thing. And I eat a third thing. Right. Like we all eat something different every single night. So I think in looking at this statistic, Cassie is going to be the only one that would qualify for this. 66% of Americans believe their family recipe has what it takes to appear in a best-selling cookbook. Do you think that you have a recipe right now that could be in a bestseller? I do. Do you? I do. What is it? Pumpkin chili. 
It's my favorite. Or and I also have uh, stuffed acorn squash. That's really good too. Beef stuffed acorn squash with cinnamon. I really like fall dishes. So yeah, I think one of those two could make it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Do you have any dish at all? Do you think it could be in a bestseller? I mean, it wouldn't be in a bestselling book, but it would be like like. My mom's the queen of casseroles. We got plenty of those. (laughs) So I'm a terrible chef. Like I can't cook chicken to save my life. I am a fantastic baker. And I used to make these s'mores cookie ba- cookies back in high school that I would bring to class. Literally, people would gobble them up like crazy. They have weed in them? What? Did they have weed in them? You know. <laughs> we had a couple of just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's interesting because I can't bake to save my life. I can cook like etouffee, crawfish etouffee is another one, and gumbo would make it into the, the, like, the book. But when it comes to baking... I'll like literally forget to put sugar in the cookies. Kristen is shaking. She's so excited. Whatever this next sentence is, is going to be good. Can we please do the Great Bird Show Bake Off? Because the Great British Bake Off just came back on TV. And I want us to do the Great Bird Show Bake Off. <gasps> Ooh. I, I, I have never baked anything in my life. Yay! Okay. And it's all amateurs oh. baking and it's the best show ever. I told you guys about this years ago. I love it so much. And every time there's a new season, it's the best. And we have to do the Great Bird Show Bake Off. You were literally shaking. I'd like to be a judge. No. I'd like to be a judge too. Thank yep. you. You uh-huh. want to be Paul Hollywood? Yep. Okay. You know who's going to win this? First of all, you've definitely baked in your life. I have. Mm-hmm. Wake well, and bake. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> walk into that. Tommy is going to win this competition. Do you? That man, his desserts okay. every time. You made some pumpkin thing a while ago. I don't know what it was. It was he, a chocolate chip pumpkin cheesecake, and it keeps coming in second place. I will never make it for this show again. He's an excellent, <laughs> excellent chef. Okay, so what we're going to do is it's going to be like the technical they do on the show, right? So the technical, you're given ingredients and you have to, like everybody bakes the same thing, but the judges don't know who baked what. And then there's a taste test and they decide who gets the top spot. So what if we all get the same recipe? It's our technical and we bake the same thing and we bring it in. Mo. I'm going to cheat. You can be, no. He's telling you straight up. Listen, I want you to embrace this because I love you and I know you and you have cheated in every cooking challenge you've ever done. You're not going to be a, you're going to be a judge. Okay, you're okay. You're going to be Paul Hollywood. Okay. Oh, yes, I yes, love this. Yes, you're going to be Mo Hollywood. Wait, right? this. He yes. gets rewarded yes. for cheating every yes. time? I'm, I'm um, stuck in this competition for trying. Hey, you cheated. <laughs> We're all going to bake you a dessert. Yes. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, yes. Yes, you're right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. And we need a Prue. Who can be our Prue? Who wants to be the other judge? What's a Prue? Prue is the other judge on the Great British Baking Show. Uh, uh, me. Me. You're no, I don't know how to bake. Nope, nope you're not Prue. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. You ain't got no Prue in you. I'm going to start cheating on everything that we do in the studio from now on. Rebecca, would you like to be Prue? Rebecca says yes. Okay, Rebecca is Prue. All right, perfect. We got our Paul Hollywood. We got our Prue. We have all of our bakers. It's going to be the Burt Shows. Great, great, the, the great Burt Show Bake Off. I sound safe. Fairly certain this is the most um, unenthusiastic I've ever been about anything we've okay. done on the show. So, <laughs> Mo and Rebecca, you have to get together because the judges decide what the recipe is, right? So, mm-hmm. you and Rebecca get together and decide what we are going to bake. Got it. All right. I'm on it. All right. All right. We didn't get to follow up Thursday, so this will be follow up Friday tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> About the same time. When are we doing this whole thing? I'll put it on the schedule sometime next week. Okay. Uh, I'm off. You are not. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm sick that day. They're going to walk in here and be like a three-layer trifle-filled wedding cake. None of that. Keep it simple. Yeah, we got kids and stuff. Okay. It's a bird show. And cats. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.